What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Badwini. This is your number one stop for all things Jets content and news. I might sound a little bit different. I got a little bit of a different setup right now at home for Thanksgiving week. Uh, had a busy week at school, last minute assignments and projects had to get done, so wasn't able to get a podcast out the Monday after the Jets-Dolphins game, but here I am on Saturday. Going to talk a little bit about that game and also a little bit of a peek ahead to Jets-Texans that is going to be happening tomorrow, so let's get right to it. So to kick things off, uh, obviously Jets lost to the Dolphins 24-17 last Sunday. Uh, it, it was a fun game to be at. Uh, we, we had a great group going to the game, uh, Uncle Ronnie, Uncle Fran, I, my dad, my friends, Brian, Max, and Luke came along. We had a great time. At halftime, me and Brian moved down to Luke and Max's seats that were right behind the end zone that Elijah Moore had his big 55-yard touchdown, and that was one of the most incredible moments for me all season long. Got to see him dive in, but let's uh, before we get to that, that's a bit, bit of a ways into the game. Why don't we start with talking about Joe Flacco, who got the start, his first start for the Jets in 2021, and he was serviceable. Uh, I guess, you know, Sala named him the starter early last week because, according to him, he was able to, you know, he knew the defense, he knew uh, what to do, all that kind of stuff, and, and that's, that's great, that's fine. He was serviceable, he had two touchdowns, no picks, uh, but he had that fumble at the goal line where he was blindsided by a Dolphins edge rusher. Not his fault, Sala said post game. someone was supposed to pick up that rusher, but they wouldn't say who, so... Um, but what, what was Joe Flacco's fault were the two timeouts that were burned in the third quarter due to, uh, I, I guess he didn't know the personnel or what play to run, and they had to burn two timeouts, and that was just absolutely killer and momentum killing on those drives, and definitely uh, a, a piece a piece of the puzzle that had the Jets losing that game. Uh, the fourth quarter was defined by those killer penalties on the Dolphins' last two drives. JFM had that roughing the passer penalty at the goal line that gave the Dolphins second life and even got them a touchdown. Jason Pinnock holding Gusecki on third down on the drive after that, even even worse. And j- just a rough, rough second half for the Jets. The first half looked great, second half not as great. On the bright side, though, there were some starting lineup changes on offense. Finally, Greg Van Roten was benched for the newly acquired guard, Dr. Lauren DuVernay-Tardif, who had a fantastic performance in his Jets debut. Run blocking, he was one of the highest graded guards in football last week. Pass blocking, not as nice, but still, I think he's a a, a complete step up from Van Roten, and he should be starting for the rest of the season. Uh, Hopefully he is, and the Jets coaching staff makes that decision, but uh, it by the way, side note, the Jets traded uh, tight end Dan Brown to the Chiefs in exchange for, for LDT, and the Chiefs cut him last week. So, I mean, could the Jets uh, bring back Dan Brown? It's possible. We're having some tight end issues right now with some injuries, and it would be just hilarious to, to, to get that, that piece of the trade that we sent to the Chiefs back and also hang on to LDT. That would I don't know if that's ever happened before in the NFL, but uh, that would be just, just uh, some straight comedy and another master class by general manager Joe, Joe, uh, excuse me, Joe Douglas. But on the flip side of the ball, there were a few new faces on defense and familiar faces. Quincy Williams got the start at inside linebacker. Uh, Salah said after the game, Gerard Davis is still working his way back from injury, even though he had been starting since the New England game. Uh, but that, that's besides the point. Quincy was pretty awesome, racking up 15 tackles and two tackles for loss. I hope to see him starting for the rest of the season, especially since Davis is on a one-year deal and most likely is going to be out at the end of this season. I, I really like Quincy. He could be a piece to this defense moving forward. And how awesome would it be to have uh, two, two Williams on the defense starting going forward for the Jets. Quinnen on the defensive line, Quincy 
playing that inside linebacker role, that would be awesome. But uh, moving on, cornerback Brandon Eccles got hurt last week against the, or two weeks ago, excuse me, against the Bills. He's going to be out for about a month or so. So on Sunday, we saw a lot of rookie, saw, saw some snaps from rookie Jason Pinnock and undrafted free agent Isaiah Dunn. Both were not very good, but that's what happens when two rookies get their first game action in mid-November. Dunn, I think it was his fault, to, those two big plays to Mac Hollins. Uh, I think that one, one of them was on the first drive of the Dolphins early in the first and that big touchdown that the, the Jets defense gave up in the third. But besides both of those things, it was a rookie showcase for, for some of the Jets rookies. Uh, Elijah Moore, specifically, he had his breakout game, if you, if, if you could, could even call it. Like, he's just been having a, a fantastic stretch so far this season, the last couple games. In the Dolphin game, he had eight catches, 156 scrimmage yards, and a touchdown. That big 60-yarder he caught from Joe Flacco took it to the house. I saw him dive in the end zone right in front of my face. He did that little dance, and I was screaming my head off, man. So exciting to see Elijah finally come into his own as uh, as he's looking like the wide receiver one on the Jets right now. He's easily the best receiver, better than Corey Davis, better than Crowder. I don't care who else. Uh, Elijah, wide receiver one going forward. In his last five games, he's got 25 catches, 387 scrimmage yards and five total touchdowns and was also named NFL Rookie of the Week for Week 12, or excuse me, Week 11. So just a fantastic performance by Elijah, and he's just going to continue to keep getting better and better. Uh, Michael Carter, running back rookie, he had nine carries for 63 yards in the first half of play. He came out of the third due to an ankle injury, and he's now going to be out two to three weeks with a low-grade high ankle sprain. Big blow to the Jets' offense. Michael Carter, he was he was really uh, just a workhorse uh, so far this season. He's when Tevin Coleman got hurt, he was the number one back. Ty Johnson comes in every once in a while, but Michael Carter was really carrying the big brunt of that workload for the Jets. And I think they're going to be going to be missing him a lot. But hopefully, Ty Johnson and Tico can step up and make sure the Jets' run game stays a little bit little bit consistent. And someone who doesn't get enough love, I mean. Offensive linemen never really do, but guard Elijah Vera Tucker, who has played every offensive snap since week one, has only allowed one sack and committed four penalties in the first 12 games, which is just absolutely incredible. He was responsible for opening up opening up that massive hole for Michael Carter on his 39-yard run, and he's, he's just going to keep getting better, and the Jets have their starting left guard for the next 10 to 15 years. Now, these guys aren't rookies, but they also had some good games. Second-year safety, Ashton Davis had his first career interception, thanks to the only snap where the pass rush came close to getting to Tua. Uh, Second-year cornerback, Bryce Hall, graded out with a 90 PFF grade out of 100. And now, I don't put a lot of stock into PFF grades, but I did not notice him a lot yesterday, which is a, or, uh, excuse me, not yesterday. I did not, did not notice him a lot on Sunday, which is a great sign for a corner. I don't think he was targeted too many times, and Bryce Hall looking like he could be a starter going forward for the Jets. And that's really what the season is all about. Uh, just trying to find what guys can stick, what guys can play, and make sure we hang on to those guys moving forward. So the Jets lost, whatever. But it's not about not about last week. It's about this week because Zach Wilson was cleared to return on Tuesday night, named the starter on Wednesday, and he will start tomorrow against the Houston Texans for the Jets. His first, his first start since week six against the Patriots, and I could not be more excited to see what Zach can bring to the table after about a month of watching you know, guys like Mike White, Joe Flacco, and Josh Johnson run the offense to uh, such a high level. And I'm hoping Zach can take that, take the easy stuff, take the checkdowns like, like the backups are doing, and also combine that with his huge arm and playmaking ability, and hopefully just bring another level to this Jets offense that is now ninth in passing in the league, which is, when's the last time you could say the Jets were top 10 in any offensive category? I can't even remember when. 
So like I said, Zach's going to be back, but <clears throat> he is going to be limited uh, receivers. Corey Davis, who suffered an injury in practice this week, was went from questionable to doubtful today. He's probably not going to play. Uh, most likely not. Denzel Mims, still on the COVID list. He's been on there for three weeks now. I hope he's okay and not dealing with any, anything too serious. Like I said before, Michael Carter not going to be playing, so he's going to be missing his top one of his top wide receivers and his top running back. But offensive line is intact, and Houston Texans aren't a very good football team. They're down at the bottom of the league with the Jets, so hopefully, you know, not not a bad game for Zach to return in, and I'm hoping for a uh, at least a solid showing from Zach, showing that he, what he learned from his time missed, because, you know, he's a rookie quarterback, and maybe he just needed some games to uh, to sit back and watch the offense be executed by some other quarterbacks, some other guys with, with a bit older, more experience, and it helped his game. So why don't we talk about uh, what the expectation should be going forward for Zach as the starting quarterback for the Jets in his return. So in his first six starts, Zach threw for 1,168 passing yards, completed 57.5% of his percent of his passes. You have no idea how many times I had to, to uh, attempt that. <laughs> Four touchdowns and nine interceptions. Uh, not exactly the best stats, but I'm hoping, uh, in this back half, you know, the Jets schedule is a lot softer than it was in those first couple games. They, they, they played a couple of playoff teams and this back half is a, 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 a bit, a bit easier, I would say. So obviously we have the, we have the Texans who are two and eight along with the Jets. Then it's home against the Eagles. Eagles have ripped off a couple of pretty impressive wins recently, but still, I wouldn't call them one of the better teams in football. Against the Saints, who have a pretty solid defense uh, and a pretty bad offense. At Miami, who the Jets just lost to with Joe Flacco. Home against the Jaguars. Home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are a pretty good team as the reigning Super Bowl champions. And in Buffalo, where Buffalo could potentially be resting their starters with a playoff spot locked up. But what are some what what are some like reasonable stats to expect from Zach Wilson? Uh, in this back half of his rookie season. I'm hoping from Zach to duplicate the passing yards, at least to have 1,100. I want him to, I want to, I want to see him throw more touchdowns than interceptions. That's really important. Eliminate those turnovers. I know four of them were all in the same game, but still really important for Zach to just... If, if he was watching anything during the, during that month of him not playing... It was what, what Mike White was able to do and what Joe Flacco was able to do and Josh Johnson and take the easy stuff. At BYU and I'm sure in high school, he was always able to play hero ball and just throw it up and, and his receiver can make a play. But here in the NFL, the man moves faster than the ball. And it's 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 imperative that Zach has learned over the past couple of weeks that if you just sometimes it's okay to just get the ball out fast, get it into your playmaker's hands, throw a screen, throw a check down, Throw it to throw a five-yard pass to, to Jameson Crowder, to Ryan Griffin, and maybe they're able to turn into some bigger yards. But Zach can't put it all on himself. He has to trust his team, trust his teammates, and that's clearly what he wasn't doing early in the season. And now, although that may, may have led to a win against Tennessee, it obviously didn't work the other five games. So, so to cap this thing off, let's take a look at some of... Uh, I, I know we did this a couple weeks ago, but the Jets draft position going into week week 13 or week 12, I should say. So right now the Jets hold the second and sixth overall picks. This game, the Jets-Texans, is actually really huge in uh, draft standings. Pretty much whoever loses this game is going to end up with the higher draft pick. The Jets currently have the second overall pick. Texans currently have the third. And whoever wins is going to be, you know, 
uh, <laughs> they may they may have uh, they may be winning in the short term, but losing in the long term with the worst draft pick. Now that's not me saying I want the Jets to lose. I would love to see Zach come back and lead the Jets to a win, but it's 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 just for for uh, jet fans to say it's a glass half full kind of game even if they do lose and i i would i i would love to see a, a jets win like i said but if they play good and lose close i'm also not going to be as mad as i would be if they ha- or i'm not going to be as mad as i was last week when they lost to the dolphins and you know who i just watched today uh, i just got finished watching the game aiden hutchinson the edge rusher from michigan he is one hell of a player, man. He had three sacks against Ohio State today, and he's just a, a man, a force on the edge, and I would love to see the Jets targeting with their first first-round pick. And then <laughs> after that, with their second first-round pick, which is more likely than not, right now it's number six, but the Seahawks you know, still have Russell Wilson, still are a decent football team, are probably going to pick up some wins down the stretch, and that pick will probably be more around the teens range, early, early teens, I'm hoping, and I think they should absolutely target Garrett Wilson, uh, Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave with that second first round pick. Um, there, the, it, I know I've, I talked a lot about Linderbaum and Evan Neal, the tackle out of Alabama, is also a great offensive lineman, and we all know how much Joe Douglas loves those offensive linemen. But I think it's imperative for the Jets to get some some uh, some weapons on the outside for Zach Wilson. I mean, Corey Davis, who they who the Jets signed in free agency this offseason, who was supposed to be their wide receiver one. But obviously, Corey is not as great of a player as he is. He is not a number one number one receiver in the NFL. He 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 can make plays. He can he can make catches. But you cannot put all those targets on him as the number one receiver. It, it next year that should be going to Elijah Moore, 100%, no questions asked. So I I would really love to see the Jets invest in uh, another wide receiver with the second first round pick. And if they really feel the need to target offensive linemen later in the draft, you can find starters on day two and day three in the draft. Just look at the Chiefs. They, they drafted Creed Humphrey in the third round in last year's draft, and he's the best center in football, according to PFF, one of the highest graded uh, centers in football. So it, it's not impossible. And I almost forgot, Trey Smith, 2026 round pick, who the Jets could have drafted. He's a starter at right guard and also playing some fantastic football over there. So I, 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 as much as I love Linderbaum, as much as I love Neal, I really think you can find value like that in the later rounds, and that's not that's just something the Jets don't need right now. They just need to keep drafting weapons. Like I said, I, I said this a couple weeks ago, look at the Cincinnati Bengals. Look at them. They drafted Jamar Chase in the first round, fifth overall last year's draft. The year before that, Burrow with their first round pick. Their second round pick, that was number 33 overall, T. Higgins, who's also a fantastic receiver. You just got to get these guys receivers, and those receivers will make plays. They will get separation, and... It just makes a quarterback's life so much easier. So that's going to do it for me today. Pretty quick pod, but, you know, I'm just sitting here at home. I was bored. Uh, you know, I, I was able to, to scrounge up some my, my old mic and, and some other equipment and figured I might as well put out a podcast. So uh, let's go Jets tomorrow. A very winnable game. And I know, I know I'm talking about draft picks, and I would love to get Hutchinson second overall, but... I would rather beat the Texans tomorrow and watch my my future franchise quarterback, Zach Wilson, pick up another win in his first game back. So thanks for watching. No intros or outros today. That's on my, on my computer up at school, not on my laptop. And uh, let's go Jets, baby.